It's Rotten Treasure with special guest, Ross Weissman! There's too many hormones, there's too many tremors, but I like to watch it for the Rotten Treasure. Woo! Uh, Jim, I am challenging you in honor of President's Day, which it is right now. Uh, I would like you to do your best uh, John F. Kennedy doing an impression of Howard Dean. Hang on just a second. I want to get the speech perfect. Well, and, okay. I'm pretty sure everyone really just wants the end part of it. But yeah, no, I got you. No, no. No, I no, this is good. That. You got to build it up. You got to go oh. all the way. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not only are we going to go to New Hampshire, Tom Arkin, we're going to go to South Carolina and Oklahoma, and Arizona, and North Dakota, and New Mexico, and we're gonna go to California, and Texas, and New York, and we're gonna go to South Dakota, and Oregon, and Washington, and Michigan, and then we're gonna go to Washington, D.C., and then we're gonna take back the White House! I forgot that John F. Kennedy was the crocodile hunter. (laughs) I also, I can't get out of my head, I like that we've all agreed that George Washington just sounds like, I'm George Washington. Yeah, he sounds like he's about ready to do a PSA on, like, PBS. Well. We've had a lot of fun today, but remember. Like, he probably sounded like a doofus. <laughs> he, okay, here's a fun fact about accents. <laughs> um, so he, since he would have been born British, would have a British accent. Totally. But in uh those days a british accent sounds like modern day american accents so no but specifically the american south i think because if i remember correctly like that's kind of the weird line that it was this aristocratic thing and that's like why uh you know when we think of antebellum south we think of people like this and it was a similar thing in um colonial britain that Mm -hmm. that was just kind of very uh regal way to speak and then eventually they were like what have we talked like this instead (laughs) they say uh shakespeare sound is technically supposed to be done with a southern accent Ooh, that sounds good because that's closer to what it would be like yeah i remember i did i did uh, Shakespeare in high school and I don't think anybody really did an accent but like we all just kind of sounded proper and boring which uh which plays did you do we only the only Shakespeare I did was Romeo and Juliet I was uh Romeo's dad I had six <laughs> lines total <laughs> I was gonna say I don't remember him talking I like how it doesn't even have a name you're just Romeo's dad no truly his name in the script is I think Montague. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, because it's Montague and Lady Montague. Yeah, one of my lines is me yelling at my wife. <laughs> can you do it? Can you do it? Hold on. Can you do it in a John F. Kennedy impression? impression? I, knew, impression? I knew that was coming. Yeah. Hold me not. Let me go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jim. Hi. Yeah. Oh. Uh, hi. Uh, welcome to Rotten Treasure. We watched Muppets from Space. I'm your host, Jim O'Donnell. With me, as always, the other host, Kai Bobby. Hello. Hi, Kai. You're not going to ask me. That's enough. That, okay, uh, cool. That's and, fine. That's fine. Uh, and you already heard our guest. It's Ross Weissman. Woo! Hey, hey, hey. I'm back and better than ever. <laughs> yeah, you are. 
As a matter of fact, actually, you I want you to do the whole podcast episode as John F. Kennedy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I won't do it to you. Don't, don't dare me to, because I will. <laughs> it's crazy. Muppets are from space, and women are from Venus, and mm-hmm. men are from Mars. Was that, the, uh, was that the joke that you told us before? Hold on. I have to wait until we're in the podcast to say this one. Yeah, I was like, that's was- a banger. It's got to be put to tape. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we record analog here. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you get the, those pops and stuff. You just kind of miss them with digital, you know? I remember, I had a friend one time who told me that uh, vinyl is the only legitimate way to listen to music. And I am a person who collects vinyl. I think they're cool to have. Oh, oh my God, they suck to listen to. Jim, this makes me a bad improviser and also a messed up person. And I'm going to leave this in. Um, vinyl is actually you know how you can you can actually set uh, vibrating uh, inserts in, that you can put in your toys into your body um, and there's ways you can actually set it to music mm-hmm. uh, both the, the hush and the lush and then probably a bunch of other ones that I'm not gonna you know name because those are the only brands I know and I would love to set it to vines just the audio from vines and that's uh, I guess if you use the one that goes in your butt that's called vinyl when okay so there's a thing where when you speak your voice sounds deeper to you because mm-hmm. you don't actually hear your voice. You feel it vibrating in your bones. Does yeah. the music sound deeper because you hear it vibrating through your bones? Oh, they're going to say through my butt. Um, no, wow. I'm actually no. asking a question. <laughs> no, no, this is a real question. And also it's weird because this is I edit all the time and you're right because uh, I, I have way much more like dysphoria around my voice while we're talking usually than what we're editing because um, I, I do sound just a little bit like now in my head deeper which bugs me out so that's real yeah we all sound I'm just, more I'm just thinking about this butt plug that plays music I would love to use that and it's like Pavarotti <laughs> look if you download the, the, the app right now I can actually give you permission and I'll pull out the toy right now and what you do I'm not going to put it in myself but you go ahead well, that's and you will actually then. have what's up I'm sorry <laughs> it's rude to or rude not to it's, it's rude for you to just tempt me uh, with a good time and then say you know what I'm not going to stick it in my butt and I will not be vibrated to uh, completion by Pavarotti I think I that if we did that we wouldn't even be able to label this podcast as explicit we'd have to call it pornography <laughs> Like, I mean if we're talking about pornography Gonzo's nose am I right I mean honestly if that was a vibrator it would be uncomfortable because it's kind of fuzzy and like I don't know it looks like those little poofy balls you know what I'm talking about um, the poofy fuzzballs usually on top. Well, I, I guess I'm thinking of ones that I give my cats to play with, like the little poofy cat toys that are kind of shimmery and glittery. Oh, I right? kind of like know a, what you're talking about. Yeah, it has a little sheen to it, uh, and I think I didn't really, really take in the sheen and like the actual nose vibe until this movie, um, where he was like being inspected by um, uh, what's his name from fucking uh, 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 Arrested Development, Jeffrey, Jeffrey uh, Tamper. Tamper. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's something about. Well, I don't. Is it a nose if it doesn't have nostrils? Yeah. Yes. Oh wait, yeah. Toucan Sam. No, does Toucan Sam have nostrils? He has a beak. He has a beak. Oh yeah, he but he smells. Fall. He famously smells. He smells the fruit smell that comes from the dry cereal, uh, uh-huh. and he's like, "Give me some of that." <laughs> he also smells awful. Trust me, I'm his roommate. I okay. 
So this was a joke. I saw this movie in theaters, right? This was a joke I said to my parents. Oh, yeah, hundreds of times. This was one. Yeah, of, Rizzo this was says like, that. That's yeah. Good, yeah. This was one of those jokes I said a thousand times as a child. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I, I, well, I mean, I'll, if we'll we'll get into the movie, and I want to ask your relationship, Ross, in just a second about something. But sure, uh, I think hands down, this movie gives Rizzo some of the best lines ever, and it's a shame that it's in one of those movies that's like not really loved that well by the internet. Um, yeah, like I, I, I've said on my podcast before because I'm a huge Muppets fan. And I've said on that podcast that I don't like Rizzo and I oh. don't like Pepe. And I think I've been harsh. I've kind of dialed that back because mm-hmm. I've realized the error of my ways and that, um, yeah. And I think you're right. This movie gives him more to do. I like the weird useless subplot with the, where he's a lab rat. Like, mm, yeah. That's just a logical thing to take that character. And because I think my main problem was that he was too 90s a lot of the time. He's like, yeah, I'm a rat. And he's like, yeah, I'm cool. Uh, but I think he's kind of dialed that back a little bit. He does have a bit of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles kind of vibe to him. Yeah, and I think the further that you get from the 90s, the less weird it feels. Because for a while, it's kind of just like an outdated, like, what what are we doing here with this character anymore? But now that that kind of style and attitude is so far gone that it's kind of this retro thing. Kind of how, like, the Muppets are all vaudeville performers or whatever. Like, <laughs> that is so far from our life now that they feel novel, and I think Rizzo is crossed into that zone as well. Although uh, vaudeville would have been novel when the Muppets came out in the 70s. Because it would have been like a 50, that would have been dead by 50 years by that point. Yeah, that's true. But you still had kind of like variety shows like Laugh-In and uh, Carol Burnett. So I think they were kind of keeping the tradition alive. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because there, there was a very distinct thing in the 70s with the variety shows where they had a lot of old-timey like vaudevillians, like like geriatric vaudevillians on where they'd bring on like Groucho Marx. Groucho Marx was a very, very famous uh, television star of the seventies after he had been one of the most famous comedians in the Mm -hmm. twenties and thirties. I also just learned that Charlie Chaplin didn't look like that in real life. Like that was all like costume. Oh, with the grease. grease I I felt like, I felt like an idiot because I forgot that the little tramp wasn't like his nickname. It was a character that he did. And then he just kind of looks like a boring guy. Like when you see a baseball card from 1910, you're like, this guy's a baseball (laughs) player. (laughs) Same thing with seeing Charlie Chaplin out of that makeup. Oh, I mean, but he's, that's good though. Right. I mean, that's what celebrities want now. You know, anybody who like really dolls it up, like, um, who am I thinking of? It doesn't what? Yeah, but also Joe? Charlie Chaplin was the most famous man alive at that time, right? And which he is would great. have been he he would have been recognized a lot at that time. That's oh, okay. Right on. I was gonna like as without all the 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 do ups. Yeah. Do you think that's why Hitler got so popular? Because they were like, this guy's kind of funny. <laughs> that is a theory. Is that oh, he up. was unlikable? No there's a ton of theories why he has the mustache and i'm sure all of them are false i'm sure he just was like i like what this looks like but one of the theories is that he wanted to look more likable and the most likable man in the world was charlie chaplin so he shaved his mustache into a charlie chaplin mustache that's so ridiculous but also 
sure. I mean, like our brains do these associations all the time, right? So sure, why not? Imagine ruining an entire type of facial hair forever. Right? Yeah, like the goatee. Like that got ruined by, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the, the Sure. I was going to say it was uh, uh, one of the baseball players, and I can't remember his name, but he had a baseball game himself. I was, um, was going to say uh, the goatee was ruined by the one villain in Superman. Okay. <laughs> What was his uh, name? Like Gorzy or something? Gorzel? Uh, um, uh, Doesn't matter. Uh, no, no, no. It's uh, uh, Son of Jarrell. Uh, his name is something. Oh, God, I can't think of it. You're right. Keep going. Welcome to Who's That Celebrity? Zod. I don't think you could call Zod. Because he says uh, Son of Jarrell, kneel before Zod. Got it. And then Superman looks at the camera and goes, oh, my Zod. <laughs> Um, I'm going to pull this back for just a quick second. Uh, I just, before it gets too lost, I want to actually just bust out some of Rizzo's best, like he got the best lines and I, I wanted to give a little bit of a share on those. Oops. Um, I love that. Uh, obviously Jim's, uh, awful, you know, uh, trust me, he's his roommate. That's great. But also during that inspection, does anyone remember what he said? Um, uh, when, uh, once again, you're going to say his name, but, uh, David uh, Arquette? Rentro? No, the, 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 the guy from oh, uh, Arrested Development. Sure. Uh, he put a glove on his finger, and does anyone remember what Rizzo said? Hey, don't stick that in me. Buy me dinner first. Uh, no, uh, I forget what question Gonzo was asked, but he said, before you answer that, you better be more clear uh, on the f- on the destination of that finger. <laughs> 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 and I was like, that's pretty good. Right, right, right. Let's see. He also got, uh, I had some guacamole last night, and it's still speaking to me. That was good. Yeah, also, that's a good one. I, I, I like that one. Yeah. I could have watched him get punched by a little spring, like, boxing glove arm for hours. I Can we talk that. about this experiment? So, he's in a room, and he could choose to eat cheese or drink mm-hmm. poison. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. like, I've got to eat the cheese, not the poison. And then it gets punched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, was the goal of the experiment, how can you kill somebody? <laughs> it. I think so. I think it was how to get them to convince themselves, to convince them to kill themselves. There's unfortunately mm. no punchline to that joke because they do it a second time. And then he's like, oh, but you want me to eat the poison. So I'm going to try and eat the cheese again. And then he gets punched again. There's no third time. There's no like punchline where it comes to a satisfying conclusion. It's, li- it's like in 1984 when they're like, hey, okay. Winston, two plus two equals five. And he's like, it does not equal five. And they're yes. like, it does. And then, so yeah, and then like he's like, that. okay, you're right. He's like, you know what? Torture Julia instead of me. And so they do. Yeah. That is that is the plot of 19... 19- did you ever read 1985? 1984. I, I also did read oh. the lyrics for Bowling for Soups 1985, though. So oh, yeah, yes you said... Both. You put that in my head. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I said yes so quickly because I can't stop listening to that new uh, fucking... The released Bo Burnham fucking 1985 song uh so i was oh, so confident sure. like yes that's the right thing we don't have to talk about bo burnham what were you gonna say jim i don't remember because you were asking if i had read 1984 and yeah. i did and the reason i remember those details is because i did uh, in high school i did a project where i did a rap about uh like of uh, the entire no. plot of 1984 <laughs> no hey can i hear that whole rap but as john f kennedy <laughs> <laughs> it must be 
like I have backups somewhere. I wonder if I could find that like in some weird old folder. Well, we're um, going to be hanging out for like three hours tonight. So it's, uh, you can literally record it at any time and I'll just do a commercial break and you can just toss that in there. That's true. Uh, here's a commercial break of Ross uh, in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> this is also very weird because we're talking about the Muppets and uh, on the I have a bookshelf next to me and it's where I put all of my Muppet stuff. So I have um, Kermit from the Great uh, Muppet Caper, like okay. him mm-hmm. as a uh, reporter staring at me. He's also Lovely. a mug. And then I also Good. have a plush of Fozzie staring at me. Mm-hmm. And then I are have... They, are they... Hold on. How can you tell? Because they they're, they look the same. They're twin brothers. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> waka waka. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> and then I also have Legos of Kermit and Dr. Bunsen Honeydew also staring at me right now. So there's a lot of Muppet nice. stuff just Which... over yonder. Which, I'm sorry, go ahead and clear your thought, but it does lead me to the question I, I'm dying to know. Please. What is your overall collective relationship with the Muppets? So they're my, one of my favorite things. Um, <laughs> I have a, a silhouette tattoo of Kermit on my ankle. Damn. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I I got that a few years ago, but it's just, they have meant a lot to me because I think it's very rare for comedy, especially like a kid's thing like this to still kind of have this janky homemade feel, even when it's very Disney fied and overproduced and it's overall positive and supportive. Like I think this movie gets a little weird when people are, uh, the characters are a little too mean to each other. Mm-hmm. And I think in general, that's kind of the big critique of modern day Muppets is that they're a little bit more antagonistic, like that Muppets, show on abc which the few episodes i saw i enjoyed but that was a big complaint that they're a little too modern with sensibilities instead of a ragtag group kind of lifting each other up yeah yeah i mean it's the whole fun of right and i mean actually to to point out what you're saying i mean literally the uh moving right along it's messy it's beginning it's forming and then he even comments it in the song being like hey look at us we're doing a song and it's like working out like they embrace the clunk and like even within the movie they're like yeah we we love that this is clunky and kind of a mess and it's kind of like you know fourth wall kind of shit but yeah Yeah, they're it's like a big old enjoyable mess the muppets like are a bunch of screw-ups Mm-hmm. That's the that's kind of their bit is they're all screw ups in different ways, and nowadays it's like someone screws up and then one of the upper, other Muppets is like, "Oh, that crazy Fozzie," and then mm-hmm. you're like, "Ah, that's not no, don't point it out to me. I I got it. Don't worry." Yeah, yeah, but the one thing is they've always had impeccable songwriting. Like, yeah, moving right along is probably my favorite Muppet song, um, just because. The songwriting is impeccable on it, and they're really skilled at digging deep and uh, uh, singing about these really intense things, like saying goodbye from Muppets Take Manhattan. Really beautiful and sad song. I actually sang that at um, a graduation thing for my theater program in high school. Oh, shit. Hmm. It's true. Uh, (laughs) Believe it, baby. Uh, But... But yeah, Ross, th- I'm falling in love with you as a friend even more. Like this is this is so lovely to hear. Keep going. But yeah, I overall big Muppets fan. Um, it's positive. I like that uh, they're physical. Like you, they are physically there. 
I'm sure they try to play with CGI, especially in the weird, but I kind of liked it, the Muppets Haunted Mansion special, playing with too much green screen, but there still is a handmade aspect because that's what puppetry is. Um, And I think, yeah, big big fan. Um, My fiance is very tolerant and patient Uh of my adoration. Oh, actually... He watched it with me last night, and he had also watched the Darren Aronofsky film Mother, and he said oh. that Muppets from Space is better than Mother. So, oh, okay. Quote. Well, nice. Very divisive movie. Uh, Just like Muppets from Space. Yeah. Uh, one of them involves a. <laughs> who's to say which one, though? <laughs> Spoiler for the movie Mother with an exclamation point. I have yet to see it, but I will put a spoiler in the show notes. Darren Aronofsky has a way of uh, making me hate myself after every movie I watch of his. Jim, we're in a room full of comedians. We just hate ourselves as a baseline. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Kai, have you seen any of Darren Aronofsky movies? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, no talk for to a me. Dream. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We talked about how I have seen that, but all I remember is Grandma on the Couch, and it's sad. Or grandma in a chair. Blue in the afternoon. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> ass to ass. Uh, which is the best part of that movie. Uh, uh, what else What else we got here? Maybe something else I've actually will remember. The Wrestler, which is a great movie. Nope. The Black Swan. No. What's wrong with me? The Fountain. See, this is the problem. We get hit up by movie podcasts all the time. They're like, let's do, a, I'll do a rating of yours. You'll do a rating of mine. And then they're like, name all these movies. I'm like... So, Jim's the movie person. I'm just there. Um, so, I can't listen to any of their podcasts because these are movies I do want to watch eventually, but I'm too busy watching our fucking nonsense movies. That's like, that reminds me, like, when I used to listen to a lot more movie-specific podcasts, like, how did this get made? The Flophouse, mm-hmm. all these ones where there's, like, homework. Like, if I'm going to see hear a podcast about a movie, I want to watch the movie first. Same. So then... Uh, it's really hard to do homework to listen to a th- podcast. So I'm like, yeah. I'll just trust that I gleam enough from them talking. I told this one podcast actually today that I'm supposed to watch. Uh, uh, it's with Kurt Russell. It's something about, uh, is it with Chinatown in it? Written Big in or something like that? China, or, uh, Little- Big Trouble in Little Chinatown. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I guess I got to watch. I told them I'd watch it next week and I'll, I'll give them a review. But I, I don't like this whole like I got to I got to watch the movie if I'm going to go listen to an episode. Like I'm not going to. Yeah. Everyone's like, that's what's hot right now is everyone's like, go see this Batman. Go see, uh, you know, everything and awesome and everything inside it. Whatever the fuck it's called. Everything uh, everywhere and, all at once. Come on, Kai. It's get very it good. It's you really get it. Good. I know it's good. And I'm going to I'm going to keep calling Michelle it the wrong Yeo. thing for a while. I, I will. But it, it's one of those round. things where I can't. I can't watch anyone's or listen to anyone's newest episodes because it's all on the shit that just like it's fresh. It's new. And I only really have so much time in my life. You... Yeah. Luckily, I only review movies that have been out for 27 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for doing that. That's actually very helpful for me because it I mean, OK, we're going to we're going to do, a, I guess, a mini ad for Kid Flicks in the middle of it. But that's what I love about listening to Kid Flicks is that I actually get to go back and be like, all right, looking at the catalog, I've seen at least 50 percent of these. That's awesome. <laughs> but like, how many people do you think have seen Tremors 5 Bloodlines? Well, considering that it won, <laughs> it swept the Oscars that year. A lot. <laughs> Jamie Kennedy. 
best actor and best supporting actor. Best supporting <laughs> tremor goes to movie with the most daddy issues goes to. Yeah. Um it's uh uh Oh fuck. Ross, you just said something. I always do. Yeah. You know, speaking of saying stuff, we should uh listen to Ross say some stuff about his podcast childhood remember that you could walk down the street you could get an ice cream cone you could go to school you could do homework for five hours and then lament about the fact that you're wasting your youth hi i'm ross i'm the host of kid flicks it's the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made we've covered more than 150 different movies including all four of the shrek movies including shrek 2 which we reviewed in two different episodes definitely give us a listeny listeny and subscribe wherever you get podcasts unless you get podcasts from that creepy guy down the street don't let him open his trench coat there's no podcasts in there but seriously give us a listen won't you kid flicks it's a podcast hey everybody kai bobby here the other host uh i am here with the captain's log shout out it is from uh, our dear friend crimson he is incredibly kind and has told me to use this promotion slot to promote my cat's GoFundMe. Uh, my poor little buddy Oliver unfortunately had to have a surgery a little while back. And uh, those medical bills, uh, they, they really rack up. So if you got a couple extra bucks, go ahead and check out that GoFundMe link. It is in the description. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you. Crimson, you're amazing. Let's get back to the show, everybody. I don't remember. Uh, I'll say a different thing I had, though. Kai, you're not going to like Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. You're not going to like it. It's, because you know me. You know, I know me well. You. It's a the great... Trouble is too big, and the China is too little. <laughs> okay, is it going to be similar problems later when we're talking to Ross about his episode on Gremlins, where I'm going to be like, all right, this is like not great. Like, wh- it what's is... the deal? Okay. It's a movie from the 80s. That mm-hmm. kind of the point of it is it's pretty dumb. And okay. that's what's like endearing about it. Okay. And I don't think you're going to like it. That's fine. Uh, I watch a lot of things I don't like, you know. I think it'd be funny if you're going on a podcast to review Big Trouble in Little China. If instead you watch Kurt Russell in the uh, Disney movie, <laughs> The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. Uh-huh. Okay, 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 okay. I'm guessing you've okay. reviewed this. Famously, famously, Walt Disney's last words were Kurt Russell. I have brought up this Are you serious? many a time. Anytime These I, were his last words? Yeah, I forget if they were exactly his last words, but basically like on his deathbed, like right before he conked out, he was talking about Kurt Russell in the, the computer wore tennis shoes. So oh he wrote Kurt Russell's name on a piece of paper and then died. And no one, no one, including Kurt Russell, has any idea why he wrote down Kurt Russell. And that's where Death Note came from. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I like these facts. And Kurt Russell is still alive. Yeah, Kurt Russell can't die until uh, Roy well, Disney. Disney. Well, uh, until we do Tron, like, five, whatever. I don't know. Tron is Jeff Bridges. Ah, also, they're the same person. They're the same person. Oh, they are also, not the same person. I One mean, has the charisma. grid, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, never mind. I'm mixing up the Big Lebowski dude. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. That you're is right. Jeff. Yeah, that's Jeff Bridges. Yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. 
Um, I will correct you in that I'm not guesting on this podcast. Uh, and I'm, I, I, I guess I could give them free promo, but I don't remember what their name was yet because I just interacted with them today. Um, but I am doing so because of a dialogue where, as I mentioned before we started, uh, we got our first three-star review, everybody. Uh, so if anybody who's like actively listening or like, all right, we're like 20 minutes into this episode, it's got like a three-star vibe, I guess it's an option. Um, but give us a chance. You know, we're not done yet. Yeah, uh, give us four stars. Honestly, there was all these comment threads about other podcasters responding. Someone else got four stars, and then they just commented, pretty good. I think I'll take that. If someone wants to four stars us with pretty good, that's fair. So I think it's that- weird. In podcasting, three stars isn't great. But in Michelin terms, oh, you can't get better. <laughs> yeah, that literally. It's three tires. By the way, that is the point of Michelin. Yeah, it's like, what are the best places to drive to and uh, ruin the earth? So, you're bringing me... All right, we're going to go somewhere tangenty, all right? So, when I was back... Wait, just now Just hear me out, hear me out. We're going to go a quick tangent. When I was in high school, I was the treasurer of the National Art Honor Society in my high school, and I I had to do something other than just hold a money box. So, I decided to, uh, like, create uh, an event, uh, art like an art festival thing in the middle of our, I guess, quad. I don't know what you want to call it. And I did a hot dog eating contest, which you're welcome. I won. I don't know why I said you're welcome. Just facts for everyone. Um, you're welcome to me. I won a shirt that said, I am a wiener. Um, How many hot dogs did you eat? I ate 10 hot dogs, which isn't wow. that many hot dogs. Is yeah, that- I could. I would be not happy afterwards, but I I think I could do that. A real Joey Chestnut over here. Uh, so there's a, there's a video of the Try Guys trying to become hot dog eating champions. <laughs> so they take lessons from... I don't think it's Joey Chestnut, but from a uh, from a professional hot dog eater. Yeah. And you would be surprised at how difficult it is to eat a hot dog really quick. Yeah, you gotta you, wet the you gotta wet the bun. Yeah, they no they they tried everything. Okay. And without any training, it still took them about a minute. One of them was able to get it down to about thirty seconds. Mm. Wow. All right. Well, I just shoved a shitload of hot dogs on my face. Did pretty decent. Um. There was a sidewalk chalk competition where we like pulled out of a hat. You get like a famous artist who's like piece uh, of work, and then you had to recreate it via chalk, uh, and mm. however you wish. Anyways, this is all unnecessary information to the prime fun, which I cannot believe they let us do. We had a Michelin man like competitive circle where we tied tires around our bodies and just smashed into each other until a person like fell down and lost. Ooh, and this is like, great. right, yeah. this is a high school permitting that this is allowed on their property. You guys, you guys zorbed. Is that a thing? What does that mean? I don't understand. That's when you put those big balls of air on, on top of you and then you run at each other until one of you falls over. I gotta say, absolutely fun. I, I loved it. Mr. <laughs> if you're listening, thank you for allowing that to happen. I'm so glad that it did. I mean, that's kind of what Gonzo was going through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyways, Jim, what did you like about this movie? Everything. I am blinded by nostalgia with this movie. I Like, I can't, uh, I don't think I could properly review the movie because this is a movie I loved when I was six years old. Okay. I watched it a million times. Uh, and then I watched it again, and I was like, yep, I remember every little bit of this, and I remember loving it, and I still have that love for it. And I don't know if I could properly properly say anything with it. It's probably a terrible movie in Guys, comparison. We, we fucked but up. But I loved it. We're recording an episode of Kid Flicks and Rotten Treasure back-to-back, 
And Jim is talking about how he wants to, like, he's just talking about a nostalgic kid movie that he really loves talking about. And we're doing Gremlins with you, which is a franchise. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> we did this backwards. <laughs> hey, it's fine. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Well, I, actually, I have a similar, uh, I think, affinity for this movie. So I will say, because Kai, you, you gave me a choice of several Muppet films to mm-hmm. review. And I chose Muppets from Space because I, I had this on tape when I was little. I remember watching it a lot. Have not touched it in years because there's baggage with this movie. It's the first one um, that was released uh, after Jim Henson's passing. The first one that, like, didn't really have his involvement at all. Uh, Um, Muppets from Space, you're saying is? Yes. I believe you are incorrect, good sir. And the reason is because we've been doing a lot of Muppets lately. And it's, I believe, Christmas Carol was the first one afterwards. Yeah. Um... Which he died is in like 1990. Oh, I'm no. So okay, Correction. I see where I got because I'm I'm you're, looking. At I think Wikipedia. you're thinking of Frank Oz. So okay, here's I'm I'm correct. What I was saying, what I meant, because I'm looking <laughs> I'm looking at Wikipedia. Yes, you're right. Muppets uh, Christmas Carol was the first one after his death. It's the introduction of um, Steve Whitmire as Kermit, but this is the first like Muppet original original Muppet. Plot oh, film. I see because um, because they did also a lot of adaptations because this was tre- uh, Treasure, Island, Treasure Island, Christmas Carol. Uh, I got you. We, yeah. we don't have to touch Wizard of Oz. Are you guys gonna review Muppets Wizard of Oz? We're not doing no, it unless I it's a bonus episode, but I don't think we want to. I mean, we still don't, can do it as a bonus episode. It's just like a bummer. It's okay. it's just like not interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, and you're right. This is the last. Muppet film to have Frank Oz's involvement and he is barely included so a big part of um, Muppets and general puppetry is that the performer of a character like they are physically operating as well as voicing but because Frank Oz was busy with whatever stuff he only did the voices so uh, if his characters seemed off like Miss Piggy, Fozzie, a few others that's because they were being operated by other people and he okay. just came in and did the voice later oh okay weird oh my god frank oz directed what about bob i'm sorry i just went to frank oz to see what he was doing at the same time well and frank oz also didn't he direct bowfinger um, shut up i actually have a weird love of that movie i've seen it I way too many times movie. yeah yeah yeah. i it, i, I think the tape was next to <laughs> muppets from like, space i'm gonna say it right now I think this is my the most fun I've had of Eddie Murphy being more than just one person in a movie. And I know it's only only being one additional person, but I love the other Eddie Murphy that he plays in the film. It's is, great. That, yeah. is that the one where Eddie Murphy runs across a uh, a highway? Yep, yes, you got it. Yep, I, yep, yep. Okay, I did like that movie. I thought it was, yep. I thought that one was actually pretty funny. And uh, yeah, you're right. It was directed by Frank Oz, hmm. and Frank actually Oz. was probably the movie he was busy with uh, while uh, they were making this movie. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that came out in '99. So, yep. hmm. yeah, that's shit. I've been mean to rewatch Bowfinger. I wish that was a franchise so we could talk about it on here. Hey, we can watch. Like, I keep saying this every time we want to do a movie that's not a franchise. We just watch it three times with three different people. Problem solved. <laughs> I've thought about doing that with Kid Flicks. Like, what if we just watch like Norm of the North for a month? <laughs> we we have done a we have a bit that we haven't done yet which is that we just want to do uh being john malkovich but like four times in a row 
So we Which, watch being John Malkovich four times in a row, and then we have four different guests. And I would commit to watching it every single week um, to see what I learn about it more and more each time. Uh, so, folks, if that's what you want, actually, that's a good question. Us. Is there a movie recently or that you can think of that you watched like several times in relative quick succession? Wow, I don't do that a lot. You're uh, right. I don't do that anymore. You're right. There isn't anything that's really. Because it's not on TBS. If it's something that's Very just like, funny. right? No, it's kind of like the thing, right? It's just not on TV. So it's not just like thrown in your face because that's what you go do. Now I have to select. Or I could just trust Netflix and just be like, I don't know, fucking throw me whatever you want. But well, yeah. That's, I think, very much a kid thing. Like, Jim, you were saying you watch this a lot as a kid. And I think like, oh, yeah. when you have a limited choices, especially when it's physical media, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you're not going to go to the, the store or something, like, you got to deal with what you have. So I know that. I've watched the Donny Osmond, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat okay. dozens of times. Mm-hmm. I'm so confident that I've seen that movie many, many times. Um, but really, the only recent one that I can think of is I did watch Knives Out three times okay. within okay. like a several month period. Um, but that that's really the only recent example. I can't think of a lot of things that I've watched in adulthood, especially. More I, than once, maybe twice. Yeah, I did that a lot when I was like, I think the last time I would have done that was Kai's right, like when TBS was play, well, more Comedy Central for me right. would play the same movies a thousand times. So high school is really the last time <laughs> I did that. Yeah, the new guy was one that because of that Comedy Central, I was like, I've seen the new guy too many times. <laughs> and also, the a lot of times when I'm watching something uh, for another time, it's because like I'm showing it to somebody. Like, That's what I was just with, about to say. Because yeah. Knives Out, I showed it to my my then boyfriend, now fiance, and then a few months later, I watched again as like a bunch of people were live tweeting it, so I figured I would jump in and do it as well. Uh, so that maybe that's the the key. I uh, I think the movie I've seen the most in my adulthood is The Shining. I, I've said this before, and I just showed it to my girlfriend. I mean, I just showed it to my girlfriend like a year ago, but still, uh, I showed it to her and that was probably like the 10th time I've watched it in my adulthood, which is, I just don't do that anymore. I think I, 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 I now will see like a movie, like a maximum of like two, maybe three times. Right, right, right. As opposed to my cousin who used to watch Miracle every single morning while he got ready for work. That's like the... I the hockey movie? Was oh, that the one with Je- uh, Jeff Jeff Bridges? No, it has Kurt Russell in it. <laughs> ah, yes, yes, yes. I'm a comedian, Jim. That was intentional. He watched it every single day, and then his sister, my other cousin, would come down and go Miracle again, and then he'd just he'd be crying and go, Yeah, it's a really good movie. <laughs> While he's like putting on shoes and eating a bowl of cereal. My un- like weird one for like back to back to back was because my family found love for this film and it's it's relatively new, which is um, the Hitman's Bodyguard uh, with Samuel Jackson and okay. Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. um, and it's not that great of a movie, but Samuel Jackson says motherfucker at least a hundred times, and I guess my parents are just an easy pleased uh, folks, like they're just they love it and. It's one of those ones where, oh, God, I hope my family doesn't listen. I didn't like the movie enough to rewatch it the exact next day to show my sister. But I love my family, and I love seeing them, like, 
be like to celebrate something and we got to do it like as a family so i got to i just kind you of have, like, faked, a rocky horror picture show yeah, with your I, family I, I fake loved it hard for them that's um, sweet yeah and that is also, there's something i think inherently rewatchable about movies like that like a mystery or a puzzle box movie sure but something like that where it's just explosions and you're just like enthralled by the spectacle like i watched that tom cruise movie uh tomorrow never dies mm-hmm. where it's like groundhog day but he's trying to learn how to beat aliens wait and like, wait 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 tomorrow never dies is james bond movie shit what it live die repeat yeah edge yeah of that's tomorrow it. edge of tomorrow yeah yeah you got it edging tomorrow yeah i've seen that yeah uh no okay that's a porn okay i i I rented it. I like paid a money to specifically rent it because I I just had the Saturday morning to myself, and I was like, "Damn, this rules!" Like, <laughs> literally, I was getting ready to leave to go to a wedding, and I was like, "I got the morning. Let's 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 see Tom Cruise live, die, and then repeat." And I did. And it's also oh, it's hour and a half on the dot. Perfect. Wow. Yeah. I mean, do sorry. Go ahead, Jim. No, Kai, you, you're, yours is going to continue uh, the thought that Ross had. Mine's going to go in a different direction. Sure, no worries. I was just going to say that's that's the nature of, of being a movie podcaster, and you can relate to this. Is like there is a little bit of a disappointment when it reaches past an hour and a half, right? Am I wrong? Because that's where I've gotten yeah. now after doing this for but a year and a half. For sure. When somebody is like, hey, I want to be on your podcast. Let's talk about this. Like when we decided early, early on to do Mary Poppins, I realized I have to set aside m- over two hours to watch Mary Poppins. Yeah, mm-hmm. too much. I will yeah, say I'll go to I, the I, theater I and do that watch for a long movie, yeah. but at home it's it's a chore. God yeah. forbid you do Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That's a three-hour movie. I I we might have done. I forget. I think we right. have. I know we've done. You're bed over two hundred broomsticks. So that's fair. Bedknobs and broomsticks kicks ass. I I, I think I found out recently that it's a three-hour movie, and I was like. How did I sit through that as a child? And I think I realized I've never seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang all the way through. I probably just watched them sing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, then left as soon as they go to the fantasy land. <laughs> That's also like you you stop the tape and you go play for a little while. And then when you come back inside and have a snack, then you finish it. I remember there's there's a part kind of I don't know when it is in the movie because I've never watched it all the way through. There's a part where there's like a there's like a woman who's under a spell. She sings a song about it. Yes. And, okay. I one time went to a friend's house who lived. Uh, he lived in the house behind me, so I would hop over the fence and just walk in through his back door. Uh, I walked in through the back door, and they were watching that scene. I was like, "Wow, I've never seen this. What is this from?" And they're watching. They were like, "This is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang," and I was like. No, that's impossible. There is no way this is in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I've watched that movie like a dozen times. And they were like, nope, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Never seen that part. Never got to it. Uh, just always gave up by that point. Never cared. I'm just going to point out to audio uh, to the people that are listening. Earlier, I mentioned that there was a point in which three stars, you know, I got you. Four stars at least right now. I think this is like, you're like, hey, you know that one about Muppets from from space? Just wait. We'll get to the five star area where we where we talk about the movie again. <laughs> My favorite episode is where they talk about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang for a long time. Yeah. Honestly, if if you feel that way, please go write that exact review and specifically on Apple Podcasts because that's where we need it. Um, 
So uh, you're going to take us somewhere. Yeah. Where, where are we a going? A question I was going to ask was, do either of you have, well, Kai, you have that movie, but Ross, you have that movie where you watch it and you know everything that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's terrible. Like, you know, it's terrible. Like a Rocky Horror Picture show where you, where you watch it mm-hmm. with family or friends knowing full well, you're going to just yell at lines at the screen. Yeah, that I mean, I was big into like the room, and I, I'm sure okay. I've seen that five or six times. Uh, I think it's it's hard to do those though. I've kind of gotten sick of so bad it's good, especially with movie podcasting. Because part of why I started Kidflix, I was like, oh, it's so fun to watch these like inexplicably crazy bad movies, and then you're just I'm just sitting here watching this. Uh, I'd much rather watch something enjoyable like. Back to the Future, for mm-hmm. instance, is is yeah. fun to watch, and I know exactly what's going to happen, but I'm on the edge of my seat, being like, maybe Marty will fuck it up this time somehow. Mine is specifically the third one. I've watched the third one probably more than I've watched the other two, and I know Underrated what's going version. to happen way too much in that one. I agree. Yeah, I watched Underrated it movie. not that long ago, and I had never seen it before, and it was a delight. Like, no stakes at all. Like, nope. the whole nope. Biff is a cowboy didn't matter. Nothing nope. happened. Who gives a shit? Yeah. ZZ Top is in it. Mm-hmm. Shut up. Really? They, when? Yeah. They uh, they play their hit song, Double Back, when it's the it's the part with the band. There's a band. It's ZZ Top. Sure. That makes sense. Next time you watch a movie, you'll look at the band, and then you'll say, that's ZZ Top. That's it. That's like in the Flintstones movie when the B-52s show up and they're the BC-52s. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is probably the best joke in that movie. Um, or like we... when the mice girls showed up in. Uh, sorry, that's right. Yeah, the mice girls showed up in, in Muppets from Space. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, my family has a thing where whenever we go to Disney World, we always do the Carousel of Progress, which is yes. inherently the worst ride in Disney World. It's absolutely it's it's a fucking death trap is what it is no 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 the worst ride like it's a small world because oh okay and i know that's that's like a uh, you know where it's a old joke of like ah it's torture no it's bad um i literally saw a news story today where people were trapped uh like the ride was stuck and it's a small world for an hour and they described it as torture Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, carousel of progress and i'll let you finish jim I think it's legitimately fun. I just read The Devil in the White City, the the book about the 1896 World's Fair. Uh, Carousel of Progress, I believe, was at the 1964 World's Fair. And it's it's that classic mid-century modern, like, what if in the future men took to the sky? And I love it. I love that vibe. (laughs) I think that's Uh, also my favorite voice. This one going southbound? Yeah. And Jim, um, uh, I'm I'm also gonna no 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna let you finish. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish. I just, I'm just gonna let you know, but Beyonce had one of the best time. videos of all time. I'm just gonna okay. put that out there. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Whatever you want to say. Go ahead. Time. I know where this is all going. Okay. So, <laughs> but the point is, my sister and I love the carol the carousel of progress. Good. We love going on it, and we know all the lines at this point. And also, there is a thing with the Carousel of Progress where you, w- where you will inevitably get stuck and have to watch it a second time, and th- but this time it's broken. Oh, wow. That happens every single time we've been on there, 
it is broken and we had to watch it again except this time everything was dark the lights didn't turn on but the animatronics were still going and you still heard the the thing and my sister and i would yell the lines at the thing and we'd also take note of what has changed in the future because they have to because we saw the, the first time we did it was in the year 2000 and one yeah 2001 and so they were like in the future you'll be able to talk to grandmother via video phone and now they're like yeah that's the present we don't need to do that well, i actually saw an article that they just updated all of their clothes in the future scene and then i think they swapped out some of the tech because i think somebody's been wearing a vr headset for a while so now they just mm-hmm. gave them like a thinner model. I also regularly will get the Carousel of Progress song stuck in my head because it's a good song. It's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Hey, uh, real quick, Ross, would you mind redoing that song in the voice of uh, John F. Kennedy? It's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. <laughs> this is just a JFK speech. No, no, no it's fine. I honestly, spoken <laughs> word right there. Shot That's, at the end of it. <laughs> go in, go in, poet. That's good. I like that. Thank you. Carousel of Progress is my favorite move with Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the progress I made with her. Mm-mm, oh, mm-mm, mm-mm. Nope. No, that's nope. okay. We're not gonna go there. I'm Jackie Kennedy, and I have a pillbox for a hat. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything from you, Jackie. <laughs> Ooh, I'm Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> Sound like it hot. Wink. <laughs> seven, seven year itch. <laughs> Folks, I I know I'm also here. Uh, so you're we're gonna be okay. We're we're gonna we're gonna move forward. Remember uh, when we were talking about Muppets from Space? Yeah, no, I, honestly, we got, we got that, two. That four-star review, that ain't coming. Yeah, no, it's not coming. We uh, we got two podcasts to record tonight, folks. I think it's about that time. We at least start rolling <laughs> that time. into uh, talking about the actual movie. Um, it, we like this movie, yes? Uh, I think it's underrated, and I don't think it deserves the whatever, uh, you know, acceptance from people on the internet, on the other rotten whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, so I yeah. I will disagree with you. Okay. Um, as a Muppets uh, <laughs> expert, I don't know if I would say that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest demerit is that there's no music. I don't like the weird oh. choice of like really loud and sudden like 70s. And I love 70s music. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love Motown stuff. I think it feels weird in this movie. And I wish... Like, cause it's it's not it's not quite right, cause uh, the Electric Mayhem are a funk band, but like a like mm-hmm. a good they're they're based off more like para, uh, Parliament or and like funkadelic. Yeah. Whereas this is like they'll play like boogie shoes and that those are the big hits from the seventies that they would play it that you hear at like a wedding. So it doesn't quite fit. Right, and like. We've seen what the Muppets can do in the past. I mean, in the Muppet movie, the original one, Gonzo has that beautiful song, the w- the wishing song. And I think even if he sang a reprise or like a almost remixed version of that for this movie, I think it would add a little bit of weight because I think it's a little too kooky and like it's just kind of 
very frazzled. And as a kid, I liked it because I was like, it's funny. Just things are happening, but it's it's not really a coherent story. And um, I don't love the definitive answer that Gonzo is an alien because, and I think a lot of people said this online, that if the point of the movie was like, Gonzo might not know where he's from, but the Muppets and all of his friends accept him, they celebrate him, and... Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of more important. And he does choose to stay with them. And then Jeffrey Tambor goes to space instead and does a weird Star Trek joke. But (laughs) I think this movie could have done like one more uh, revision or two and just like dug a little bit deeper into the, the emotions that when the Muppets are on, like really evoke well. It's also an undeserving conclusion where he just is like, well, where am I from? And that's just what the question is. And then he finds out, oh, you're an alien. And then he's like, and then to answer his question of where I'm from, which is his want, he's like, okay, I, uh, I'm from space. But then the movie's like, but now you get to go to space. And then he's conflicted out of nowhere because he hasn't been conflicted about that the entire movie. The entire movie, he hasn't cared. Because, And then Kermit's just like, no, you're from here. And he's like, right. You're right, Kermit. I am going to stay here. And it, it's like, oh, I guess I guess you're going to go through the whole hero's journey in that two seconds. So it just it's a little bit of a tacked on ending. Also, there were like these weird... There are weird fish that do like not cool accents. May the fish be with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. May the fish be with you is funny. I wrote down the offensive stereotypes that are an all-time high. This okay. this movie. There's a cuz they also have uh the one fish who I'm not going to do his voice. And then they have uh Pepe's a little more prominent and he's a white man doing a doing an offensive Mexican accent. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um there were a couple others that I uh, that I was thinking about when I wrote that down, but it it is pretty big at the moment. Are these are these movies getting more racist as time goes on? Because it's usually reverse for all the movies we watch, but I feel like they're getting more racist as we keep going. So I can't I can't speak to Pepe because I really don't know the history of that character and like kind of what where he came from. Um, but yeah, it it just like the weird like Indian guru voices coming from the fish. It just like felt out of place. And like, it felt like a DreamWorks joke, you know? Like, I think that's a big thing is that this doesn't, it feels like a a movie with the Muppets, but it doesn't feel like a Muppets movie. Like the scope is small. They're not putting on a show. If anything, they watch these aliens sing a song for them and dance. Like they don't, the only time they perform in this movie is when they're dancing to brick house at the beginning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was yeah. delightful i really enjoyed that the it was whole, very cute i love the morning routine of all of them living together i i don't like i love that they didn't really get into why they're all living together they just are yeah it's my fiance very, like, was very thought it was very charming and cute that yeah. they all live together i thought I it was agree. great yeah yeah i i love that we uh, daddy issues has talked about how we want to all buy a house together yeah. and then live like live like my, or i always make the joke that we want to live like the beatles and help because there's a part in the beatles help where they 
open four doors and then it turns out that their house is actually just one giant house no i even said that if if they do buy this three million dollar house that that michael just posted in the group chat i'm willing to move back i'm willing to drop out of college even though i just got accepted and i'm going back uh and i will move into that house so buy that house y'all if y'all want to actually join our patreon in order for us to buy this house make me drop out of college uh you can stay no, I just, I, I, there is, I've lived in co-ops before, Jim, and I'm going to be honest, it would ruin our friendship. Um, and oh, I God, don't, yeah. I'm I don't think I can right. handle that. Uh, folks, also, this is just a quick plug. Uh, at some point in the near future, you should definitely listen to Fair Deal and Improvised Mediation. Uh, it is uh, delightful. Jim and I just got to guest on it, and we got to play two roommates uh, that aren't doing well because Jim has a and apparently thinks it's appropriate don't to sleep. Spoil it. Jim is an asshole, and we're roommates. That's all I'll give you. You were also an asshole on that. Okay. I wasn't. I was an asshole through the entire episode. Go ahead, Jim. Did I have a point? I thought no, Ross no. was talking. No, I'm good. I'm just okay. chilling. <laughs> Kai, do you have any final notes? <laughs> I do. Actually, this is a new segment called I Want to Talk About This Movie, so I'm going to say everything really that I loved about this movie really fast. Uh, these are all the thoughts that I had during this movie. Classic rule of threes. Uh, door in a jar. Rubber ducky. Invisibility spray. Of course, that's scotch tape. It's just scotch tape. This actually points to what you were just talking about, Russ. So the reason why I think I connected with this a lot is as a non-binary queer person living in this fucking world, uh, I am also sick and tired of being um, a one-of-a-kind freak sometimes. So I related to gonzo very big on this one uh I, there is many a times where i'm the token i'm the thing that's weird that is uh in a space um and i will say over the course of now what is it since 2015 so seven years of my life i am just finally getting at that place where i am so much more than that and the community i have i'm like it's kind of like when you go to fat camp and like everybody's fat like you're just you're just a kid who cares i'm finally there even though i'm not surrounded by people that are in the same with me. Like I have such good friends. I'm with them right now um, that I'm, I'm comfortable just knowing that that's not the biggest part of me. And I'm just one of the Muppets. Um, so that's, I think that's why it kind of hit me a little bit. Uh, Infani- <laughs> Insanity Fair magazine, uh, Rizzo that's exercising good. with a mousetrap, uh, Kermit's wallpaper is flies. I don't know if y'all caught that. I had a weird dream. Rizzo, another great line. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the one with the the girl and the dwarf and the jar of peanut butter. I really love that they never explained that. I also did like in that opening sequence when they're all waking up how they everybody has a distinct alarm clock and room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Sweetums just smashes his and just destroys it. What is it? Uh, what's the eagle dude's name? Is it just eagle? Sam the eagle. Yeah, yeah. He just has like a little like he professionally just like. like just touches it downwards and is like yes i am awake (laughs) i have taken the little eagle here and pushed it down and now it's time for the day i love scientists with tiny heads muppets stacked up uh muppets stacked on top of each other i'll take it any day of the week the way animal says bye-bye did anyone else get a little soft on that one animal has a great outing in this movie Uh, like i also those uh geico commercials that he's in yes. every time it's it's a it's a big smile for he me. makes out with kathy griffin in this movie yep um That's the it. last ones no the last ones i have is uh i'm just now realizing uh that this bunsen burner guy doesn't have eyes and i don't know why that it's only hit me after like six movies in 
Um, Excuse does me. Else? His name is Doctor Bunsen Honeydew. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. He's a he's a Bunsen burner and he likes fruit. Um, I Hulk think Hogan's he in looks this. like a he looks like a honeydew. Oh, he does. Oh, yeah, it's Holy weird. shit! My whole mind is just coming into uh, into the movies. I'm Ty getting it now. Know any of these jokes, by the way? I think that hun- uh, Doctor Honeydew. I think is my favorite Muppet design. Not my favorite Muppet, but his he is just very pleasant to see. Yeah. And I do like the contrast of him and Beaker. Yeah, it's like it's like Penn and Teller. I was just yeah. going to say, you know who who agrees with you, Ross? Everybody. Me 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 me. Uh other than that, stupid Ray Liotta, one of my favorite things I've seen in a movie in a while. That's it. I had the I had the old Is that Ray Liotta? uh moment watching this yeah. cuz Ray Liotta is a man to me who is unrecognizable. He shows up in things and then I go that guy's got a lot of eyeliner on. I think yep. that's Ray Liotta. Unless he's laughing like he does in uh, fucking, uh, not The Godfather. <laughs> it's what the fuck fellas. is it? The name of the movie is Not The Godfather. Uh, no, it's That's what it's called. No, that's what I mean. The movie might as well be called the Not The Godfather. That's, yeah. th- those names are too similar. It's not fair. It's, those are two... Those two are those are two vastly different movies. One is a slow uh, is a slow burn drama about uh, about a dying mobster, and then the other one is about is a high speed cocaine filled nightmare, a rise and fall of a mobster. How dare you okay. get those two mixed up? Yeah, I'm, no, no, no. I mean, I'm, I know I'm saying it's not that. It's just literally it doesn't really stand. To my opinion, Goodfellas is just fine. No. And so was the other movie. No, Goodfellas is great. Yeah, whatever. Goodfellas uh, is it is so much fun to watch that movie is, and you are so wrong and I know is this there, is the most white guy I've ever been in my life, but this is true. You don't get a quote for the episode often, but I'm putting that down uh in the in the show notes way at the bottom. That's really good. Uh I will say Jim also I, loves yeah. Fight Club for all the wrong reasons. Oh, great. And also... I do love Fight Club, but I will say you... I understand what Fight Club is about. What's the other Chinatown uh, movie that uh, is also like notorious for like being like, oh, I know movies? Chinatown? Is it just called Chinatown? <laughs> I think you're talking about Chinatown. I've like, never seen it. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's fine. I mean, sorry. Uh, I will I will give you credit in the fact that uh, Goodfellas did give me anxiety, and I will give Joe Pesci um, great like a great scene. Him just being pissed off that people are making fun of him, and he's not a clown. Uh, don't like take him very seriously. Once again, you did not get the point of that scene because the point is he was uh, he was putting pressure on Ray Liotta. Uh, Ross, do you have any other final notes about this movie? Yeah, uh, I said, yeah, like I did have something. I didn't have anything specific in mind. Uh, Yeah, I think I'm disappointed in what this movie is because there are a lot of glimmers that there is something interesting and fun here. Like, the Muppets really haven't had a true sci-fi thing, like unless you count pigs in space or whatever in The The Muppet Show and Sesame Street. Mm -hmm. Um, Like... It's still an enjoyable watch. It's kind of like later season Simpsons. Even though it is not at the height at all, there's still funny and interesting things that you can gleam onto and enjoy yourself. Um, Do you think that your future husband will allow you to uh, play the rainbow connection as your your first dance? Uh, No, he is very insistent on what song we do for our first dance. And... uh, Unfortunately, no. 
Oh no. Actually, I wonder because I want to have like a string a string quartet or like some string instruments during the <laughs> ceremony. I wonder if we could sneak in Rainbow Connection or um that weird song that Rolf sings uh, uh about like marriage clichés. <laughs> I don't think I know that one. In um Yeah, you do. Like, it's Muppet uh, Save Manhattan. No, it's no, no, yes, um, it is, or it's the original Muppet movie, I think, because it's. I hope something better comes along. Oh, oh, it's the it's the scene with uh, Steve Martin. Yes, 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 right? yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, am I yeah, right about that? Right. I believe so. Yeah, like Steve Martin does his thing, and then he leaves, and then Rolf sings right. that song because that's where they meet Rolf in the first place. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and that would have been the original Muppet movie. You are correct. Well, of course he's correct. He knows more about the Muppets than we do. Matter of fact, folks, I only if, watched it six weeks ago. If you go back to where this show basically began with Home Alone, Ross is with us in that. And that's we knew we only talking about I'm over here being like, what's your relationship with Muppets? I already knew you fucking love the Muppets. That's why you brought you back. Um, I also slid into your DMs and I was like, like I'm fucking coming Muppets. on. I think I proposed co-hosting for the entire series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, oh, it's, you totally did. I'm that. actually, if you could just uh, record yourself talking about this entire franchise, about each one, I will slowly just sneak in your opinions into the dialogue for each episode. Yeah, for sure. Happy to happy to do it. Um, but that's the question. I, I don't know if I would say this is my least favorite Muppets movie. Like, okay. I'm, let me look at the like feature films. Yeah, um, there's there's movies that I don't even know about that uh, Jim did not even bother to tell me to that we might watch. I wasn't a fan of The Great Muppet Caper. Um, I know everyone else uh, really liked it. I think that you one just made was Kelso one... very upset. Yeah, I think that was the one that I was like meh about. The rest of them I really like. So that's the thing. I I think I haven't watched a lot of them in a while. I think I like. Great Muppet Caper. If anything, I was a little soft on Muppets Take Manhattan. Uh, I would definitely need to, I need to like rewatch and really remember what it is. Uh, but that that's. But I think, in honesty, oh, I blacked I, it out. You're right. I don't remember that film at all. <laughs> it, but honestly, I think probably Muppets from Space is the war. Like. There was yeah. a quote, I think Kermit did an interview when promoting like the 2011 Muppets. And he was like, I think he said, we couldn't end on Muppets from Space. Like we had to have, that couldn't have been the last Muppet movie. Yeah. This movie isn't as hopeful as I want it to be. It's a little bit, not cynical, but just kind of um, hokey. It feels kind of like a DreamWorks thing, like I said before. But overall, it's still a Muppets movie. When a new Muppets thing comes out, I try to watch it so that, you know, Disney Plus knows that there's still a desire for them. Because there is. The new, uh, the current Muppets show on Netflix, or on Disney Plus, Muppets Now, it's it's fun. It's simple. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if the Muppets hosted a bunch of their own web series? Hmm. It's, it's great. It's cute. Keep them coming. This kind of came up recently in another episode, uh, but... If there was, you had the option. Um, I'm sure you must have thought about this. What ad- adaptation would you like to see the Muppets do? So it's been floated a lot to do uh, Pride and Prejudice, where everybody's a Muppet except for Mr. Darcy. I think that's fun. 
There's been mm-hmm. talk of a Great Gatsby adaptation because it's in the public domain. I think that would be interesting. Um, yeah, honestly, I think when they go full in with an adaptation of like a classic that everybody knows, like uh, Christmas Carol is so good mm-hmm. because it's fully committed across the board. Um, no, no classic story is coming to mind. I like. I wonder. Like we saw Noah's Ark in this movie. I yes. wonder. I wonder if there would be like a Prince of Egypt story <laughs> with the Muppets or something like that. I think that, that could be fun. That feels borderline offensive. Like I was that's going to be. We've already something... pushed the line enough. Let's let's. <laughs> it feels like that's going to be something where you're you're going to upset some people. However. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the Prince of Egypt movie is just a masterpiece of a movie. Great movie. Didn't upset anyone because they did a fantastic job with it. Whereas Muppets would be a farce. Well, oh. What about Muppets' greatest story ever told? Muppets, the crucifixion. Or, or like, there was a long-running Disney World live show called the great moments in history with the Muppets. And okay. it was, they would sing a song and reenact a historical moment. Honestly, like Muppets, Muppets through history. I think if like, okay. Mm. Oh my God. Drunk history with Muppets. Give me that. <laughs> Perfect. Like the, uh, the United States is turning 250 years old in 2026. I think if they did a Muppets history retelling either series or if it was a mm-hmm. movie, I think that would be a lot of fun uh, because, yeah, you could kind of rag a little bit. Uh, yeah. You might get kids back. You're like, we don't have younger kids interested in the Muppets anymore, but that would actually might be a genuine way to try to get... Because kids aren't against learning. Like, they're not. Like, I, I they're, they're okay with sitting and, also, and learning from Dora the Explorer. I don't know why. I, that's how dated I am. I think that that's current. Um, you know? So I think it'd be okay. And when anybody interacts or sees the Muppets, you get delighted. Like when when yeah. Kermit showed up on the Mask Singer, people <laughs> thought it was the second coming. They were like, "Oh my god!" Oh, was it the Kermit like, was a snail? Wait a minute, hold on. First off, I'm I, I've seen this show. Was it a, a a puppet like with a mask on, or was it a person doing Kermit's so, voice? What happened was. There was a big snail costume, and then they were like, take it, take off the mask. A hatch <laughs> opened, and a puppet of Kermit popped up and, like, waved and, like, shook his head, and everybody flipped out. Oh, my God. It was incredible. Uh, my last question before we uh, kind of wrap up here. Uh, Jim and I already know the answers for ourselves for this one. Um, which Muppet do you identify with, and uh, which Muppet do you feel as though uh, the people who know you best would say you are? Like, I think the obvious and default is um, Fozzie. I think people would describe me as Fozzie a lot. Yeah. But I think, and I, I, I think they're accurate. I think I very much try to exude that uh, when I'm feeling extroverted, when I'm uh, outside in the world. I, I think when I'm alone by myself or I'm feeling a little in my feelings, I think I would either say I'm Gonzo or I really identify with Scooter. Okay. 
I don't know I, shit about Scooter through all of this. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> so tell me. That's the thing. Scooter, Scooter is just like this cute, positive guy. He canonically, in the original Muppets show, the Muppets are performing at this theater. His uncle, I believe, owns the theater. So he can like, he's the stage manager. And people kind of, they're, they're not mean to him, but they kind of like push him aside. Like, ah, it's just uh, Scooter. And uh, he gets overwhelmed and mm-hmm. has to fix messes, almost like Guillermo in What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> so yeah. I, I feel very much kinship with uh, Scooter. I feel that. I feel that. Any guesses on uh, where Jim and I stand? Well, Kai, you kind of played your cards that you're gonzo. I mean, it, it, honestly, you'd think that that was the case. Uh, I mean, I ad- I definitely uh, connected with Gonzo. Uh, Ooh, I think I no, wonder. That's the, uh, you got the person. No, no, no. You got it. One hundred percent right. Okay. I want to be very clear. Uh, I recently touched base with Jim about this. Um, but of course, my community would say I am Fozzie Bear. I'm right there with you. Sure. Yep. Yeah, Jim? I think we're all getting labeled oh, yeah. as Fozzie Bears. Yeah. I want to yeah, say, of course, Jim, we're comedians. I want to guess that you're a member of the electric mayhem. <laughs> now that's you say one... identi- like how he identifies or are you saying that that's what people th- that's how you feel Jim? I I think that that's how Jim identifies because I think people are going to label him as a fozzy or I don't know, fozzy or maybe maybe either Statler or Waldorf. <laughs> okay. I've heard... What did you say? What did you say? Uh, literally all of these. One time, I had uh, I had to do this for... I didn't have to do this. I did this for all of Daddy Issues, and I made myself all of Dr. Teeth in the Electric Mayhem. Uh, okay, yeah. great. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that was a good guess. That was my own choice for myself. I was told I can't be more than one person, so then I ended up being either Statler or uh, Waldorf. And then since then... A lot of people have said I'm Gonzo. Uh, mm. And then you're the first person to say. <laughs> uh, also, the other one I hear a lot is Rolf, but that's only because I know how to play the piano. Right. Okay. I think the last time Jim and I touched base on this, and this was for the purpose of me every now and then, I bother Jim to be like, hey, what do you think? I need to put something on Twitter and make it seem like it's not just me talking on Twitter on behalf of the Rotten Treasure podcast. Oh, is that uh, what you're doing then? We both, at that time, and apparently Jim's changing change, change his tune now, uh, we both identi- identified as Gonzo. Um, and and unfortunately... Yeah, I didn't change my tune. Uh, that, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim, what did you say Rachel said you were? Gonzo. No, uh, Rachel said that you were Rizzo. Oh, Ooh. Rachel did say I was Rizzo. That's true. She originally said Gonzo because I said, yeah, Gonzo. And then she went, then she thought about it. She went, no, you're Rizzo. You're an asshole. I always, I always thought of Rizzo as an asshole because I've, I know him most from this movie where he is at his biggest asshole. He's also played by Steve Whitmire, a guy who is who is such so famous for being an asshole that he got fired for being one. Oh no shit. Yeah. Yeah, he he would request he would fly first class and he, the Kermit puppet would also get a separate first class seat uh-huh, uh-huh. and then I think he would sell that first class seat and pocket the money. He also he also did things where he'd be like if you don't 
let me have an extra hour of lunch. I'm going to quit. And then who are you going to get as Kermit? I will. And he, he essentially for any small thing, he'd be like, I'm going to take down the Muppets. And they oh, were Jesus. like, yeah. And then eventually they got someone else. I forget his name. I think it's Matt. Uh, Matt Vogel. Yeah. Matt Vogel. This will be just for me. And I guess Ross, because Ross, you've also seen Jim improvise. I would say it's fair to say that uh, when you improvise, you get a little bit more Rizzo. But as a person that I know and love, uh, Jim and I have just uh, both talked about our childhood and how we were like the kids running around with like cap guns and being like, bang, 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 let me enter a room and like annoy everybody. But also it's kind of cute. And every now and then our family would be like, hey, do that thing. Um, and I don't know why, That's why I, I always get gonzo. Right. Because jumping out of a cannon and just being kind of extra, extra and having a good time. Uh, but I think it's authentic. I think that I've had to learn to love that about myself. I don't hate that about myself. Um, I like to put on a good show. And I, you know, I still do it at this point. And I like to see that everybody's having a good time. Uh, but when it comes to being on stage, you get to be whoever the fuck you want to be. And Jim, I think you're really good at being an asshole. Fuck. <laughs> Let's end uh, the show. We're Ross, done do you have anything to promote? We talked about the movie. Yeah, thank you for having me on as always. I always have the best time with you two. Uh, listen to my podcast, Kid Flicks. It comes out every two weeks. Uh, the plan right now is I am I am so close to episode 200. And then uh, we'll see from there. I might have a new project in the pipeline. We're going to figure it out together. Uh, yeah. So uh, follow me on social media too. But mainly listen to my podcast, please. Yeah, you got uh, almost 200 episodes to listen to. So if you're ever like, oh, no, what am I going to do? I don't know what else to listen to. Keep going. Oh, no, I have uh, a free 181 hours. Is that where you, Did you do the math? Well, if each episode's about an hour. Uh, that's it, folks. Uh, I love you. Uh, you're the best. I, I genuinely Great. do. And Ross, I'm so glad that it's kind of weird that uh, we've connected so much more since I've been afar um, and that we keep connecting mostly through the podcast and then me sending you very annoying audio messages via Facebook Messenger. They're um, not annoying. They're just three minutes each. So I have to like be ready and done with the task before I uh, listen. No, no, no. I did an episode with John Plester. People have told me the truth. They're very annoying. Um, I am so glad to have had fun with you. We're going to continue hanging out because we're going to go record shit about Gremlins. So, folks, uh, look into uh, us talking on Kiflix about Gremlins. Uh, look into me stealing all of Jim's ideas uh, and opinions uh, about uh, Jumanji because uh, that's literally the entire episode. It's just me saying what Jim said and pretending I said it. Uh, and, yeah, there is also us talking about... Oh, my God. Did we do Santa Claus 2 or 3? I can't even fucking remember. Santa, we did 3. It was Santa Claus 3. With, with fucking Martin Short. Uh, such a good time. Yep. We will be back next week. We'll be coming back with Cassie for the Muppets. Come back. Yeah, it gets nonsense. And also, who doesn't like to talk about Jason Siegel singing about being a man or a Muppet and a little unclear, and then he's clear. Uh, Ross, yeah. you're oh, great. Wait. I just forgot to mention this. I met Jason Siegel, and I thanked him for that Muppets movie and nothing wait, else. Wait, did you meet him when he was doing that Sally Fields fucking movie in Philly? Yes. Okay, so did I. Oh. But in the worst way, I, I, I pulled up alongside him at a red light, looked left. He was on his phone dicking around outside of a restaurant. And I stared at him and long enough through oh, my window no. to the point where he stared at me and was like, why are you staring at me? And I verbally went, I'm sorry. I knew that I knew you somehow. And then I realized you were Jason Siegel and then drove away. <laughs> there is another friend of ours. And I thought it was Ross, but that means it's someone else. Uh, there's another friend of ours who met Jason Siegel 
during that same time period. And what happened with them was they saw him, looked him in the eyes. Jason Siegel looked them in the eyes, and then they were and they could see Jason Siegel go, "Oh crap, I gotta have a human interaction right now." And they were like, "Okay," and then just nodded at Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel nodded back, and then they both went in opposite directions, and Beautiful. they were like. I've done it. I've interacted with Jason Siegel the way he wants to be interacted with. Well, please continue to do yeah. that because he seems like just a person who wants to be treated as such. Well, he probably got, a, because he was in Philadelphia, he probably got it a million times. It was just oh, yeah. like, I can't do anything without a thousand people coming up to me every day. It's real. All right, folks. Uh, keep being freaks. Keep being geeks. Uh, we love you. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Rotten Treasure. And on Instagram at Rotten underscore Treasure. And on Twitter at Rotten Treasure. And go to Patreon.com slash Rotten Treasure for bonus episodes, early episode release, and a vote for the next series. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and review us on any of your available podcast apps. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Perfect.